to movie painter pleasure. God. Nah. Restart. Restart. Okay. Welcome to Movie Pain or Pleasure podcast, the show that determines whether a bad movie is a guilty pleasure or hate watch, or sometimes you just find something in between. Or and that's not what even we have. one of those. Not even one of those. So I'm your co host, Melanie. And AJ, what's on your mind? The biggest strike I can make against this movie is it's not even good enough to be a hate watch. I know. So what's even the point of this video? So we are talking about the Left Behind movie from 2001 starring Kirk Cameron, the Christian of Hollywood. And to commemorate it, I'm drinking a rosé called Angels and Cowboys out of California. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I just also wanted a glass of wine. Okay. So, so yeah, Left Behind is based on a best-selling book series. And I haven't read the book, so I kind of wish I had just so I could compare it to the movie mm. because the way it ends, it's it's kind of a flat, dull ending. You think, well, this is set up for a series, but even okay, even the, like the Harry Potter books and things that are a series, there's a still a, a a nice story wrapped in a package. I think the problem is it's like left behind the movie. Like it's that sounds very singular. Well, and they had a very the specific movie. they had a very specific audience they were gearing this to. And we've watched plenty of Christian movies and production value and storyline isn't always at the top of the list. So I haven't read the book and I kind of wish I could hate read it. Hate reading is harder to do than hate watching because when you read bad writing, not necessarily bad subject matter, but bad writing, it fucks with your brain it's in a like way it slows you down it does because i've read twilight and i've read 50 shades of gray and it was infuriating not because of the subject matter you can write about vampires and boring bdsm all you want <laughs> but the writing itself was so clunky and awkward and terrible that i had a hard time getting through it so hate reading is a lot harder to do than hate watching you can just turn on a stupid movie and just let it yeah, let it go so our just... grand plan that i guess was thwarted by good by Christ Jesus himself was to hate watch the Left Behind movie. We have seen the full insanity of Kirk Cameron in the holiday special Saving Christmas. And we did do a video that on that. That is a true hate watch. That is a hate watch. We actually have clips from the movie in that. And it's usually free on Amazon Prime. So if you want to see the true insanity of Kirk Cameron and all his proselytizing, preachy, irritating, want to strangle him. That's him with no leash. This is and no this filter. Is yeah, um, this is like probably right when he was starting to, you know, kind of like read the Bible on set and make sure people were watching him and looks looking for any chance well, to tell them about after Jesus. After he did on Growing Pains and got kicked off. Yeah. Okay. So, so we have some feelings about Kirk Cameron. So this is based on a best-selling book series, which I have not read, and it starts out with this smarmy voiceover from Kirk Cameron. So I'm like, oh great, here it comes already. And then they go to modern Jerusalem, and he is a uh, newscaster named Buck Williams. For, I don't even know who. GNN. It's okay. the, the movie version of CNN, which How the left behind... How often do we send people ac across to fucking Middle East I mean, for a CNN, news... CNN does that all the time. Do they? Yeah. I've never seen Who's going to cover the Gulf War and shit? They don't care about that. It's like, ugh. Yes, CNN does it. No. Now it's interesting the way things have gone with CNN and the people who tend to watch the Left Behind movie and read the Left Behind books. They probably wouldn't want to have anything to do with CNN these days. 
uh, what is it that their their king calls them low rating CNN no. something like that. So he's a reporter, and there's this guy that has this wheat field, and he has some kind of formula where I I don't know it's 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 very confusing and it doesn't really matter. It can supply he the has world magic with grain. he has magic grain that I feel like we watched a worse movie that had some kind of magic food formula that. Anyway, it's one of those things where, oh, it could replenish the earth and solve world hunger and all this stuff. So he's doing a story about that. Pause. Okay. I'm going to have to edit this out later. But what I'm thinking of is that video that Nick DiRamio talked about with that movie where they were, it was in India. And it was like yes. this magic rice or That's whatever. what it was. It was the magic rice. Yeah. Okay, we can edit this anyway, out. Anyway, you have to cut that out. Back to the thing. And then all of a sudden, the sky goes dark, and there are shitloads, like hundreds of military aircraft flying overhead. Now, I'm not in the military, don't know people in the military, and I'm not close to anybody in the military, but I've been around enough to know that you don't see hundreds upon hundreds of aircraft. And it was just vaguely like, it's the Iraqis, it's the Iranians, it's the Arabs. Who are bombing Israel. And they're just randomly exploding in the air and falling on yes, top something of Kirk is, Cameron and his peoples. Something is striking down these planes. But hmm. then in the midst, a random Middle Easter... I couldn't even tell if he was Middle Easter. Middle Easter man comes up and just says some shit to Kirk. And later it's Israeli... I don't know. It's, it didn't even matter. He comes up and says, this old man comes up and says something in English about the book of Thessalonians. And then later they're watching the playback of it because he had recorded it on camera and he's speaking Hebrew. And he was like, what? This guy was speaking English. But they never go back to that. No. They never do anything It doesn't like seem to matter. Like so, everything else in this, it just... So he's starting to notice some weird things. And meanwhile, me, we, the other main people, there's this guy who's a pilot, uh, a commercial airline pilot. And he's at his family's home in Chicago, and they are planning for their son's birthday party. And uh, this is where it becomes very obviously a Christian movie. Yes, because explain. if you are not super Christian, that must mean you're angry about other people being Christian all the time, which is what this guy is like. He's trying to get out the door to go to work, and his wife's being, "But you, you could stay because it's Sunday." He's like, "Well." Jesus worked on Sunday, too. So, he was probably carpented on Sunday, and he was definitely murdered. So oh, he rose on Sunday, so he was like, yeah, he was I'm up ready to go. Him and his twin brother. Um, I found out today that Jesus had a twin brother. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so, he's trying to tell his wife to fuck off, basically, because he's an angry atheist, and he he's angry about her being close to God or some stupid shit. And that's his entire story arc. Doesn't really matter. Basically, and so he gets on a flight, and I'm always very confused because Kirk Cameron flies around a lot, and I get it, he's a journalist, but at, at one point in the movie, disaster happens, and you wouldn't have any flights going out. But anyway, I don't know. It, it's supposed to be a flight from New York to London. So for some reason, Kirk Cameron was on, maybe he was on the return flight from London coming back to New York. And so, finally, some things start to happen. We see that he's been having an affair with one of the uh, flight attendants who is now getting a job at the UN. Actually, I don't think they actually... They actually, is. actually, they haven't really done anything. 
Because she specifically is like, I'm tired of waiting for you to flirt with me or do something more than flirt with I me or whatever. I thought they kissed or something. Well, maybe, but it's whatever. It, it seemed like they want to imply that these two people are awful, but they don't want to actually show anything that's too like, risque. No, I, so. I want to pause on that because there are some other things that happen before kind of the, the start of the chaos happens on the airline flight. Also, when the pilot is driving off to work, the transition music is like this schlocky gospel Christian rock music. The choice of music in this movie is really weird because sometimes it's like da na na da 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 da. It's like Britney Spears, uh, boy band two thousands music. Yeah, it was. And then other times it's Christian rock. I've never heard a boy band R and B like hip hop Christian song before, yeah. ever. And it was very weird. Like it put me in the mood to listen to like actual bands like that for some reason i just wish i could have heard it was still bad (laughs) it's britney bitch so anyway so uh what's his name buck kirk cameron is back in new york i think and he has a source he's gonna talk to and so he talks to this guy dirk in a parking garage and okay we've seen conspiracy theorists in movies we actually saw this done a lot better in the one we just reviewed in moonfall with um the guy who played samuel tarley this guy, they really overdo it. He seems almost in a way that schizophrenic people are paranoid and things like that because he keeps going off about all these different conspiracy theories. If you want to sum it up in one phrase, it's, don't you get it? Don't you see? It's obvious. It's what they're doing. Like, that's 100% of his personality. And every time they put that in a movie, I fucking hate it. So like any disaster movie, the crazy conspiracy theorist is actually right. And he's got some information. This is, that I guess might this is a disaster film. Yeah, it's a disaster film. It's I mean, a really like, bad one though. Millions of people disappear. The only okay, I the only the only good uh, showing of it being a disaster movie or, or a scenario is all the dogs that are oh, yeah, alone. We'll, we'll talk about that next in a to minute. their owners. So, we also meet the Randall Flag of this movie. Sort of. There are two characters. There's a guy named Stonigal who's either a politician or a rich businessman or something. And he's working with a, a Russian guy named Nikolai. And what they're doing, their face to the public, is, oh, we want to solve world hunger. And they want to take that guy's crop, that magic wheat, and grow it in different places throughout the earth. But really, there's some shady shit going on. So we're just sitting there going, this is the stand. If the it's inter- basically the stand. Yeah, it's a really shitty version of the it's stand. It's a shitty version of the stand. If, if the internet was just a little more omnipresent, all he would have to do is go, like, upload. This is my formula. And everybody in the world could grow their own shit in their backyard. And we wouldn't have to worry about this. But instead, there's this convoluted bullshit before they... Well, they had the internet, but anyway... It was 2000, it was very, so, oh God. so back to the plane. In the, in the same universe, at the same time where all this is happening, Dominic Toretto is stealing VCRs yes. over in California. 2000. Florida. Was an interesting time. Gather round, children, we'll talk about the year 2000 before everything went to hell forever. So speaking of that, we're back on the commercial flight and Buck is on a plane again? I don't know where he's going this time. Back to New York or Chicago? He's he's going to Chicago because they end up in Chicago. And this old lady, he gets up to go to the bathroom or something. And this old lady says, oh, sir, would you look for my husband in the bathroom? He's he's missing. And he said, oh, I bet he just went to the bathroom. I'll check. And 
she said, well, he should, she should, he should take this, hands him a coat. I think he's naked. And that's like the one really good joke of the movie because he looks down and there's a whole full suit of clothes on this man's seat. The best twist would be <laughs> he didn't disappear and it's just Frank. Frank is in Frank from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. And he's naked and like hiding in a chair somewhere about to come out like. Yeah, he's got his burning. guns on him and he's. Where's, what's he gonna put his out? guns on if he's naked? Up his ass? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so anyway. There's so I'll either, start blasting. <laughs> there's either a naked old man on this plane or he has disappeared. More people start to notice that other people, especially the baby's young children, have disappeared. So the parents are starting to freak out. Everybody <sighs> starts freaking out on the plane. They might be celebrating. <laughs> You know... I don't gotta worry about that kid anymore. God, finally we get some peace and quiet on this flight. So, people are freaking out. Half the people on the plane have disappeared. Thank God the pilots aren't right with God, because you'd have a crashing plane if you didn't. So, the pilot and the flight attendant, whose name is Hattie, and Buck just jumps in to try to help, try to calm everybody down. And so then it's chaos at the airport. All the flights are canceled. And Buck somehow becomes friends with the pilot and says, oh, please, we, he ends up taking him to his house where the pilot discovers that his righteous wife and young son have disappeared. Meanwhile, his older teenage daughter has gotten to a car accident on the highway because half the drivers have disappeared. Let's see. She was, I think, college age. So she's old enough that she deserves hell. So mm. she didn't get to go. Going to those liberal colleges. <laughs> yeah. She learning had a nose piercing and everything. Learning about how other cultures exist. Yeah. Fucking... Darn libtards. Gosh. So, anyway, oh yeah, the saddest thing is they shoot to the, the neighborhood and it's chaos. And there's this suit of clothes lying on the grass and there's this big sad dog. Just... Yeah. No. And he's a day later, he's still there. Like, they show it again and it, he's just still... It makes me think of the Futurama episode with oh. Fry's dog and it is the saddest thing. I've ever seen. Now, there was one little dog in the airport who was just happy as a clam, <laughs> strutting away. Well, he's definitely going to get another owner. Yeah. The second dog is big, ugly, fucking... I mean, somebody will probably take him in, but he's not like a little cute shih tzu like the other one was. Yeah, so anyway, flights are canceled, and yet Kirk Cameron's just like, oh, I'll meet you. He keeps going back and forth between New York and Chicago because he's on to something. So he goes to back to New York to talk to Dirk, the conspiracy theorist, and he discovers him dead in his apartment, and then he gets shot at. I wish I could have figured out how he died. He got shot. Was there a bullet wound? I think there I was. was. Like, it was hard to tell. It was in shadow. For... All we know, he's just crazy and he killed himself. Maybe. Like, he's... Oh, God's, God didn't take me. I gotta go talk to him. He shoots himself in the chest or something. I don't know. Maybe. Fuck it. Maybe. So, okay, back to the pilot. Now, he's just sad and angry the whole time. And we start to get little hints that this is a Christian movie. He finds his wife's Bible on the floor and just sits down and opens it to the book of Genesis. Just like, in the beginning. <laughs> It's a little late for that. I'm like, dude, if you need some comfort. Actually, what I appreciate about Bibles, Gideon's Bibles are in hotel rooms. And they have a little guide at the beginning. So it's like, if you're lonely, read this passage. If you're sad, read this. If you're regretful, oh, yeah. read this. I think that's actually nice. I forgot Mineral Wells had that. I mean, every hotel has a Gideon's but Bible. The cra but the crazy water, it was up on the wall. Like, there was a thing that said... We were, in uh, anyway. we were in Mineral Wells, Texas. Of course there was a Bible in the hotel room. Balls. So, 
So anyway, he's starting to have some feelings. And one of his best friends, this was interesting, is a preacher. And so he goes to this church and this guy is ranting and raving like, I believed in you. Why didn't you take me? Because he's kind of figured it out that they still haven't really announced on TV. I think it is. That, because they're thinking, oh, it's radiation. It's aliens. And they still can't figure out why people have suddenly disappeared. At one point he did say uh, believing and knowing aren't the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Which I, I was like, eh, it's all right. I think it's like a pretty good line. Now, again, I haven't read the book, but I feel like with a different writer... And maybe different motivations, like I'm not doing this. Like as... Stephen King. Yes, this feels very. This feels like a Stephen King story. Where this, this in Stephen King's hands, I think it could have been done much better. So, but he's angry about it, and his pilot friend shows up, and all of a sudden he's starting to realize that oh, they kind of have this epiphany. But then also, this is really weird. The preacher has this videotape of this other crackpot preacher who has purportedly disappeared. And he said, oh, it's all in Thessalonians and it's all in this, the end times and people are going to be taken up by the rapture and you'll be left behind. And I'm like, that's the name of the movie. I wonder if that was just like his video will or like if he's still around and no. he made this No, it said, they said he made it three years before and he disappeared. But so, so they're so completely convicted people... now. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It is dumb. There's so... Uh, it's a disaster movie. Of course it's dumb. It's also Simpsons a Christian movie. So the future. It's like that, but for Christians. <laughs> like, except it's all just in the Bible and some guy happened to get lucky. So it's just this one guy and they're like, oh, okay, this must be it. And so the pilot is all of a sudden a convert. And I will say this as someone of a lapsed Catholic. And this guy isn't Catholic because he doesn't act like one. Um, converts are the absolute worst they're the most annoying people i always know when somebody has had a, a dark night of the soul damascus moment on facebook when they start po posting like bible quotes and saying man this really speaks to me today i've got a long road ahead of me and blah 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 and then but i mean good for them i'm happy for them but i'm also like oh okay. so they're the first ones going to hell wait what yeah oh i'll be in line first no converts you're oh, going converts. to hell first wait why because pride goes before the fall Ooh. <laughs> But then also, okay, I also want to say, I have friends who have, I even have family members who have converted to Catholicism, so I love you, but I'm, I'm going to make generalizations here. The people who convert to the Catholicism are the biggest know-it-alls in the world. All of a sudden, they know everything the, about the saints and the holy days. Judgy. And all the usual, the like the raised in the Which, church are just like, shut the fuck up. This is on point. Go to the fish dinner. Kurt Cameron did this. He was a convert, oh. and he, he freaked everybody out on growing pains, and that's when his career went this weird direction where it, it never died, but it only went towards Christian shows and stuff I and mean, movies. You can make a career out of being in Christian movies, but... But is it going to be like a real actor's career? Not really. I don't um, know. I, no. <laughs> hey, William Just, Zabka was in a Christian movie. Yeah, and it you gotta do what you gotta luckily do. it gave us Johnny again. I still think that that might have been the the one that they were like, hey, he could still be Johnny as a drunk. Yeah. Um, I, I have a note 
this movie needs Kevin Sorbo as an asshole atheist. Because the movie we're talking about with William Zobka is called Where Hope Grows. We actually really like that one. And then also, Kevin Sorbo is an obnoxious Christian He's movie star. He's wonderful. He's been in, he was in the first God's Not Dead movie. And he was also in a movie called Let There Be Light, yeah. where he was basically the same character. He was a douchebag asshole. Sarcastic condescending he was wonderful he's really good at he's being really a, a, good an angry atheist just dickwad actually that's where i can kind of buy because they always like to stereotype like oh atheists are angry and very one-dimensional and that's usually how they play it kind of like the pilots just like i wish my wife went to church more than she but left if me there is one but kevin he's Sorbo, the best one he has a little more there's a little more depth to that character so anyway unfortunately we don't have Kevin Sorbo. They would need to have him as, like, the head of the CDC or somebody that all the yeah, Bible thumpers hate. Although one day, one day, we'll have to watch the Left Behind that has Nicolas Cage. Oh and hopefully God. he can save this shit. Yes, that would be amazing. He will replace Kevin Sorbo as the golden light. So the preacher is just, like, he has this smirky smug on his face all the fucking time now. And he's, like, quoting Bible quotes to his daughter. And I thought, you're still on Earth. You haven't gone anywhere, bro. <laughs> so what happens to the people who become converts and they pray and they're like, oh, my gosh. Then they still get right to wait now. until they die. Locusts haven't come yet. They have to get stung by the locusts. Okay. And beaten by the angels and eaten by the alligators, whatever else is in there. So I have a note in here, and I don't know what this means. Kirk Cameron's friend gets blown up. Does that mean anything to you? I don't remember. We just watched this movie yesterday. It was so boring. I can't remember any of it. Hold on. Uh, I wish. Um. Fuck. Wait. This is so weird. It's like really striking a thing in my brain. It's like, you you know what this is, but I can't picture it. This movie is so fucking bad, I can't remember an explosion. I don't remember an explosion at all. But I know that they... Sh okay, that he he's looking for the info. They shoot the computer that he's sitting in front of. I remember all that. He steals the info about the something or other that's super confusing. Um... Later on, the Russian guy shoots a couple people. So I don't remember. Where the, where I don't remember the... the explosion. But he goes to his friend's house, and we think they're like a hip lesbian couple, maybe. And so they Seems are. Seems like it. I mean... They pull up. It's this little tiny disc, and they pull it on their big chunky computer with their two thousand internet. And they're seeing weird things like map of the Middle East, and they see these code-looking things at the bottom, and they don't know what that means. So they're trying to figure out these clues. And so what's revealed finally is that the codes are Bible verses predicting the end times. And I just have proselytizing in big letters because Kirk Cameron's character is doubting the entire time. He's like, come on, that's crazy. That's not real. Okay. And he has his Damascus moment where he's like, oh, all this, it's all true. I need to ask, a, well, maybe not, because I don't want to insult an actual, like, well-read Christian. I don't understand this entire movie's fear of peace in the Middle East. Yes, the because entire time. that was one of the big things is that if we do these certain things, we'll have peace in the Middle East if we build this temple. Because at one point, Kirk Cameron's like, the Muslims will never allow that. And I'm like, ooh, ouch. But then... <laughs> Save the Muslim hate for one year later. You can still use it then. And then 
They, but then they, they're just like, no, it's cool. Like, we talked to them. And then they're still worried about it. I don't understand. Yeah, so... If everyone had their own little piece of the, the motherland or whatever, and everybody could be happy, I don't get the weird Christian hate I... of Jews and Muslim, Muslim people being cool with each other. It's really fucking weird. Like, I... Yeah, they're the type You of... answer, Internet. You... They're the Christians type who say they say, they're the type who say I stand with Israel, but then they're also like okay with what Kanye West said about the Jews. Yeah, it's very confusing. So all of a sudden, Kurt Cameron is like, "Oh yes, I realize it," and bad Christian rock music is playing, <laughs> and so then he ends up getting into the UN where his friend works, and she's kind of become the Nadine of this movie mm. like she becomes the personal assistant of Nikolai who he's kind of the Randall flag now he's like yes I'm going to bring peace and there's the worst map of the in the world of the world at the UN like it's all twisted it's so and distorted it's all like squished like Africa looks stubby and then South America was like extra curved and squished and it was I was get... very confused. Yeah, so on this terrible, terrible map, they're going to have ten plots of land, which I think that's in one of those Bible, ver- it's like, Bible verses. It's like Rush, the Russian guy, who I, I don't know if he's Russian, but he sounded like he was doing a bad Russian accent. It's like he drew his own map. He's like, my stuff would be here, and your stuff would be there, and then his stuff would be there, and we will all be kings and queens and non-binary royals or whatever. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, so he, he has some delegates who are going to rule over these places, and Stonigal, who at first we think is pulling the strings, is like, hey, what the heck are you doing? And so Nikolai shoots him and his other companion, and he kind of puts a spell on the people. He said, oh my gosh, he, he grabbed the gun from the security guard and this shot is... his friend and then shot himself. It's so terrible. And everybody starts going, oh yes, terribly sad. It was terribly very sad. out of nowhere. Terribly sad. It was super out of nowhere how he was... Like, just talking about how, like, yeah, you're gonna rule, and you're gonna rule, and you get a kingdom, and I'm your god, and they're all like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm your god, and you get a kingdom, and you get a kingdom, like, roll that shit back. What the fuck? Like, even the, in the movie, like, I felt like that. Like, when did, when did we build up this guy as, like, the ultimate antichrist? All the, all the dialogue's convoluted anyway. It is. But, like... I don't know. Give me something. Fucking CW did better at this shit. With yeah. Whatever that so show So Kirk Cameron escapes and he goes back to Chicago. Like, how are flights still happening? And so he ends up at the church, which has kind of become... It's basically Mother Abigail's house from the stand. That's where all the good guys are. The preacher who got left behind... And his pilot friend, who's the new obnoxious convert, and they're kind of using it as a medical center, too, and they play this really ominous music. So they either play this really ominous music, or they play gospel music, or they play the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's Boy. back, all right. Na, With God. Na, 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 na. All right. <laughs> Jesus, back, all right. Anyway. <gasps> yes, the resurrection song. <laughs> Jesus, back, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and his last line is like okay well they won and in seven this seven years is gonna be really really bad and close scene. the door 
That's the end of the movie. What the fuck? Like, and I get it. Like, maybe the series already existed before they... So maybe they thought, ooh, we're going to... This is going to make money. We're going to... People are going to screen it in their churches. We'll make a whole series of movies. You're already... You're supposed to have an end cap to that chunk of the story. Like, even in the first Harry Potter movie... there's in Twilight. Always, there's a, yes, there's a resolution even with series. There's... there's It's not like it has to be the end... But it and, and it can be still a bit of a cliffhanger. Like, but it's just like, oh, this happened, and then they forgot to add an felt, ending scene. It felt like a, a very apathetic Christian was like, well, the Bible came to pass. Guess we'll see what happens. Nothing to do about. It. Just yep. gotta wait for Jesus and pray. <laughs> like, okay. All right, fucking. Sad. So maybe I don't know. Maybe God smote us with boredom because we wanted to hate watch a Christian movie. This was so fucking bad. It was. It was boring. Like, couldn't you at least be, like, over the top and, like, Kurt Cameron is actually not a terrible actor. No. Um, he, he refuses to be super over the top in this. He is later on in <laughs> Saving Christmas. Um, but in this, he was just kind of, like, trying to be earnest the whole time. It yeah. was, he was strangely acting the way I would expect a Christian to act in a film. It's like, just a nice guy. But he was yeah. the guy who was... Not an atheist, but just didn't care. He was a skeptic. He didn't think that, oh, this is the Bible coming true. Very strange. Fuck. I've always heard of this. I was, like, excited to watch it. I wanted to hate it a lot. But I hated it for being boring. Like, I was just passing out watching it. Yeah, it was so boring. Damn you movie from 2001, or 2000, whatever, that should just be as good as I wanted to be, or worse, or whatever. So, if you want to join our cult and be my victim and not pray with us, you can watch us on Twitch, Discord, YouTube, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and look at pictures of us on Instagram at Movie Pain or Pleasure Podcast. That's more entertaining than this movie.